And now let's make that random call with today's $10,000 question. It's a tough one. Who shot Alexander Hamilton in that famous duel? All right, let's go to the phones and see who's out there. Hello and welcome to Unfunny Nerd Tangent episode 42. Sorry nerds, it's not Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is Unfunny Nerd Theater. The touring production of the revolutionary Broadway musical Hamilton just ended its run in Tempe, Arizona. So many of us saw the show that we started asking, when are these UNTs gonna rise up? Well, we are not going to fail to capitalize on this opportunity. There's gotta be a catchier way to say that. Dying is easy, kids. Hosting is harder. I'm Tim Ogney, and I'll be the general of this ragtag volunteer army in need of a shower. We're in person in Phoenix, Arizona, or it was as it was known in 1776. Where the f***? <laughs> Joining our revolution is our man on the inside. He knows a lot about musicals and a lot more about removing corsets. I think his pants look hot. Please welcome back to the show, Mateo Morales. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't even ready for that one, but thank you for the, the course it is. It's a little tight, but I'll make it through the high notes. Next up is our founding father, inventor, leader, and philosopher. He missed the revolution because he was too busy running 100K, and he knows everything is legal in Tucson. It's our founder and proprietor, Josh Schlag. Hey, hey. He's a trust fund baby, and you can trust that he's going to shoot me one of these episodes, Probably the next DC movie. He's the inimitable, inimitable, original Super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz. Yeah, but I am in the room where it happens. <laughs> and now, my right-hand man. Why does he podcast like he's running out of time? Snack day and night like he's running out of time? Why does he get to be Hamilton in this intro? Uh, he has a Puerto Rican flag tattoo. It's the mayor of Reseda and secretary of snackology, Derek Montia. Hey, yo. I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Where, and I do have a good Puerto Rican tattoo. Where, where, now I where want to shoot Derek just for the simple fact that I hope he's you're a guest on this podcast oh, okay, and he gets the intro like this is fucking dates. What the fuck? Yeah, that was kind of, yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's kind of hey. some favoritism. Hey. Too. Whoa. Promotion. Hey. Let me ask you this, though. Did you spend six years in the Institute with Tim? Did you? A mental institute? Yeah. He, well, yeah, he did not. Different wrong thing. Institute. Right. Yeah. Well, when he got out of the Institute with me, he went to the one with you, which I don't think helped any. More importantly, gentlemen, it is my pleasure to announce from the hallowed ground of the American Revolution in Boston, which only thinks it's the greatest city in the world, sprung... Will not be in the room where this oh, happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spruce. You suck, bro. Yeah. That seemed, that seemed unnecessary. All right, guys, before we get into Hamilton, who wants to talk about musicals? This is not uh, our typical territory. We're more, uh, hell, our shirt says movies, comics, video games. We haven't even done a video game episode. <laughs> That's a good point. We keep talking about the Switch, like we're going to do a podcast on that. Oh, but... there's, there's so much. There's so much PS. So I'm going to interject in, in one second. Oh, our musical theater expert? Has any of you ever been in a musical? In a musical, yes. I have. I have. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Freshman year in high school. What was it? Um, it was uh, King and I. T. 
to that racist goddamn musical. Mm-hmm. Son yep. of a bitch. Yeah, you know, was, yeah. the, the King and I isn't even allowed to be shown in, in Thailand. Yes, I heard that. Yeah, yeah it's completely outlawed because yeah, it's a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> Lady Boy's okay. King and I. Yeah, yeah. No, Hangover King 2 is fine. <laughs> King and I. King and I. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Dude, what were you in? I was in Greece, but I was Vince Fontaine. It was a non-singing role. It was, <laughs> I, I actually did radio voiceover for the show. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. If you were good enough for that. They didn't want him on the stage, yeah. bro. Yeah. Jared. What? Oh, Jared's never done music. I, the reason that Jared is giving me I've shit. I've done sound did, production for musicals. I, I did 13 years on stage. I fucking love musicals. And the fact that you guys even invited me for this one is fantastic. How did you do it for 13 years? Uh, I started super young. Uh, went all the way through high school, uh, wrote and performed in college, went on the road, uh, wrote music for several different like stage pieces, like uh, uh, La Casa de Bernal Alba, some like Garcia Lorca stuff. Um, I just loved it. It was what Are I wanted to do. No, it was a Spanish uh, <laughs> theater. Remember we talked about culture at dinner that one time with you and your girlfriend? Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was that tonight. Yeah. That was tonight, actually. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, I've always loved musical theater, and uh, I'll get into often get into fights over straight theater versus music theater, uh, opera versus operetta versus music theater. But uh, nothing in my entire time of doing music theater has been as amazing or impactful on society as Hamilton. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think it's amazing how it has transcended being a musical where, like, everybody wants to see it. Yet it's this historical piece. I mean, I feel like the main part of it is the way that they just creatively came, you know, with the different hip hop styles that they that they came with. I think obviously that's a big appeal to mainstream culture. But I am amazed that a historical piece like this has gained so much traction where it's the biggest show, I think, in, you know, in, in musical theater right now. I mean, art, that's not even arguable. That's it, it is the biggest show in musical theater right it's now. It's the biggest show in the country, period, pretty right. much. Like, I mean, when you look at ticket sales and what's happening, I don't think there's a hotter ticket in the country, which allowed Mateo and I to uh, pull, pull off some shenanigans we, with our tickets. We totally pulled ticket shenanigans to get our, ourselves in there for what? Less than... 25 bucks a piece. Less than 25 bucks a piece. Jeez. Uh, This podcast does not endorse ticket shenanigans. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was perfectly capitalistic. Hey, do what you gotta do. Nothing illegal. Nothing illegal was done. Right. I mean, it didn't involve Craigslist, but that's a whole different different thing. Mm. (laughs) You did did have to blow one guy, but that's a whole other thing, right? No, I'm I'm pretty sure I got enough money, they blew me. Oh, okay. (laughs) That was pretty bad. Yeah. Including one of my friends. I actually... Wow, Jared. Seriously. I kind of discount... Tim, did I cut you a discount? I basically sold it to Tim for face value. Well, you like Tim more than I like Tom. Oh, I That's love a whole Tim. different. He's a great guy. You gave Tim a face value ticket to Hamilton. Two of them. They were good seats. They were really good seats. Were you on the floor? Um, no, I was on the terrace. No. They're basically where we sat. Yeah, tier one. Tier one, right in the middle. Tier one for face value. Oh yeah, I love this guy. Wow, that was. Dumb. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't even want to give him a tail of his tickets for no, that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I I don't know if I could have given you full price tickets. But see, that's what's crazy about it, right? So like when tickets first went on sale, the tickets that I had were for going for thirteen hundred dollars, and the ticket price on them were like 
two hundred or what? Did I don't you know, two hundred fifty dollars? <laughs> no, but they, they, there were some no, that's, what they, that's just what they, they were they, going they were for. Listed, it doesn't mean that yeah. they were selling for that amount, but it was just insane, well, right? Like that just showed, especially with a touring company show that had so many shows here in in Tempe, a whole month, right? A whole yeah. month's worth that they were going for that much out the door. Like the first, this, the first set of tickets that got listed that I that I came up on my screen were twenty five hundred a set. Right? No, twenty five hundred a piece, so five grand for the set. And Jared's like, Hell no, you're not doing that. And I had my No, I said, Hell no, I'm not doing that. You spend your money how you want. I don't need to see this. I had my my gold card in my hand and it was burning my fingers. Like, do it, Ross, do it, do it right now. And I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna do it. But he's like, No, we're gonna sell, we're gonna make it happen. Let's do this. And I was like, Oh those seats were the VIP orchestra seats that came with backstage. You got to go meet people and talk to people and do the whole bit. Not worth several grand. Well, and it's it's depending on the experience. Like for you, because of your theater yeah, experience maybe. and your love of theater, you would want to meet the actors. Like for me, I kind of wanted to. Well, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I wouldn't have minded meeting the actors, but for me, it's it wasn't a big deal. For me, it was more about seeing the show and appreciating what they did. And yeah, if, if given the opportunity, like at like a, I don't know, like a comedy show where you go out into the lobby and they're out there hanging out or whatever, that's a little bit different. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really need to. Yeah, meet but them. a comedy show, you can buy fifteen dollars of merch and you can get to meet the guys at the end of the show. You're talking, yeah, you're talking about wrestling too, yeah, and that's right up my alley as well. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. But yeah, no, I mean, and, and it it's different. Like if you were talking about the Broadway show. I, I would totally see that as, as being something different. You know, it's not to disrespect the touring company. I just myself enjoyed the show. I just, I don't know. The actors were fantastic. I just don't need to really meet them. If we're going to talk tour versus uh, original cast, I got to say this right after the shot. So, I mean, we probably all fallen in love with the soundtrack, fell in love with the remix, but the guy who, who's out here in Arizona, Austin Scott, young dude, was taller, better looking, and had a better voice than Emmanuel Miranda. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, everybody kind of agreed. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I think he was Lynn, really good. Lynn agrees that he's not the best singer. I don't think he ever claimed to be, but he just wanted to play the role. Right. Yeah, dude. We had we got especially lucky in Arizona because we had an amazing uh, Alexander Hamilton, and the guy who played uh, George Washington. Oh, what was his name? So yeah. oh, good. Right here. Um, Isaiah Johnson. Man, Isaiah, if you're out there somewhere in the Twitterverse, the universe, dude, you fucking killed it. I think I think it doesn't even mean to disrespect the the actor of Alexander Hamilton, but the other actors, the other characters were so good that at times it like overshadowed him because like George Washington, I, I left talking about him. You know, it's it's amazing how good and talented the touring company was. Yeah, I, I thought so too. You know, George Washington. You know, my first thing is, is when he comes out, the way he was rapping and the voice. My first thought was, you know, there's a lot of callbacks in Hamilton to various rappers throughout the history of right. rap. Right. You tra- you track it, you can almost track the history of rap. And the first thing I thought was, holy shit, it's KRS One. <laughs> his, his voice had that yeah. deep voice and the power of like KRS One. Right. I was like. Oh, that's the guy you want playing George Washington, the right. guy who is the general at that point and comes out with authority. But he was shorter than Hamilton. Yeah. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> he, was a, he was a little fella. <laughs> but he was amazing, though. Yeah. I didn't, from, from my vantage point, it didn't make too much of a difference. <laughs> Tim's always looking down at everybody. Uh, everybody. Everyone's short to me. 
But also uh, Washington, I, I learned from playing the Hamilton Trivia app, the same app where you can enter to win cheap Hamilton tickets every single goddamn day. And of course I did it because I would go again. Um, but, it, but Washington is actually based on Common. Is he? Oh, I yeah. can see that. Well, Interesting. Th- you can get into Common being basically like a direct line from KRS-One. As, as far as that you're just so. going to hang on that here as well no, but, but, <laughs> he's going to die on that hill hey, yeah. but no but I, but I can I can see Common too that, that's a very easy easy connection we'll see if he picked Common for the, mo- the movie isn't it? well the movie's already cast huh is I couldn't right? find anything on that. You you told me that. I went looking and couldn't find anything. Oh, it's re- it's raring to go. I'll pull out YouTube right now. What? Yeah, there's a oh, movie. Oh man, that makes me so excited. Because I've been bummed out about the fact that you know who the heck knows when we're gonna be able to see this thing on stage again. Right. Um, you know, like I, you know, I just popped in Phantom of the Opera the other week because uh, my fiance had never seen it on stage, and I, I was like, oh, I got it on DVD. It doesn't really compare, but that's what I'm talking you know. about. Though. Well, I was wondering about that. I was wondering how watching it on DVD, like a stage performance, would yeah. hold up to the experience. But, but something like this, though, I feel like. I feel like they'll give it the right treatment. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. But in a movie, you still have, you're still going to have scenes. You're still going to have like each, each individual thing is going to take place in a different thing. There's going to be, you know, individual shots. It's right. not going to be this nonstop breakneck hip hop right. with absolutely no margin for error, which is what part of what was so incredible about the show. Well, and, and like, you know, for instance, certain characters that they developed in order to be a certain role, like my favorite character was King George. That's one of my favorite characters in the entire play. Uh, you know, and it's the fact that King George comes in in the way that he does, kind of, you know, as comic relief and kind of like as that moment to break up all of the intense hip hop you've seen. But so good. he's so he's good. amazing. He, well, and, and he had like the oops, sorry, but he had sort of like the like the classical like, hey, this is this is a musical still, you know, it's yeah. not all just hip hop, but like this is this is musical, and right. it kind of like brought you back into the. You know, what you typically expect out of a stage musical. Well, it was bubblegum pop. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was totally that, too. It was like, uh, it, it, it sounds like a Daydream Believer by the Monkees is what he sounds like he's singing, which is so the opposite of this hip-hop that was so strongly based on notorious B.I.G. lyrics and, yeah. <laughs> and all the stuff that we saw. You know, it was cool. And so I listened to the soundtrack. I didn't listen to it a ton before we went out, but like the day... Before I think I found it on Apple Music and started listening, so I didn't like do like multiple listens to the sure. entire soundtrack. But like I didn't make the connection at first that it was the King until I actually saw the show. And I'm like, is it? You know, I kind of got the references. I'm like, are they, is this supposed to be the yeah. King? Like, what's going on here? And then it like all kind of clicked once it, the show happened. See, that's an interesting thing for me with the show is is that I was lost at times. You know, because you can't pick up all the words. You're not catching everything that's going on. I was amazed by how the crowd was on everything. Like, the crowd was laughing at every joke. And I was like, what? There was a joke there? Like, you know, like, I, I'm not able to catch everything on a stage show like that. But you could tell, like, a lot of these people, the people sitting next to us, when they sat down, the first thing they said was, oh, this will be a much different view than we had last weekend. So a lot of these people have seen this show, like, multiple times, right? And I think that's a big benefit. Like, I want to see the show more now after doing the preparation for this podcast and after having seen the show once than I did when I hadn't seen it, you know, it's, I, I would strongly recommend to anybody that's thinking about it to like listen to the songs and watch clips or whatever, because it will only get you more excited about it and kind of ready for what you're going to see. You'll be able to enjoy 
the show that much more, I feel like. I don't think every musical works that way. Hamilton, no, the more you do your homework, the more you listen to it, the more the show is just going to reward you. And there's 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 still so much going on on stage that it's it's going to surprise you. Uh, for example, like when King George comes out, it was it's it's fucking hilarious. It's it's it's, it's funny so good. when you when you hear it on the record, but when uh, when he actually steps out on stage in his ridiculous costume and everything just stops, it's it, like everybody in the theater is just rolling. Well, and what's crazy about King George in general is I had a reasonable thought. Like, I think this play for me put a lot of historical things into perspective as to what they would actually be like versus what my, like, imagination and the history was, right? Like, seeing King George in that ridiculous outfit literally gave me the feeling of, like, you know, any asshole politician that wants to convince you that he's more important than he is by fucking putting this ridiculous wig on and glittering with gold that blinded you even when you're 42 uh, rows back. I I feel there is a... Reference there, possibly. There's possibly a current reference to like how orange his skin is and it blinds you from a distance, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you know, like hair, very particularly, you know, weird style. Yeah, yeah. sure, 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 sure. Yeah, right, right, right. You can you take the reference for whatever you want to take the reference for. The point is though, like even just historically, like you've seen kings and stuff. I don't know. There was just something about Hamilton, like even the King George part, that like I was like, wow, he's so ridiculous looking he's trying so hard to like impress people and like that's what like kings and you know royalty were trying to do at the time they were trying to look so fucking ridiculously fancy that it was absurd especially considering how cool all the dudes looked that were like associated with Hamilton in their like plain blue coats and whatnot you know the other thing was the mannerisms of the king oh god they they were very exaggerated and like comical you were trying to feminize him dude just say it you didn't get that? It was like very foppish, very oh, dandy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, it was totally. so feminized. He's very, very prancing, very... <laughs> his little I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember it. Like, I just yeah. remember it was exaggerated. I didn't remember. Imagine that that, like, I think last week or the week before, uh, the show opened in the UK. So... Uh, there's, actually, there's, yeah. a, there's a kid I did high school theater with who's in that production. Really? Yeah, his name is Aaron Lambert. I think he's a cast alternate, so he can he can show up on the show sometimes. We're basically going right under their island and just shitting all over them just for at least a little bit, for 90 minutes. And my understanding is they love it. <laughs> we kind of do it to them regularly. Thank God, the English have a great sense of humor. No doubt. Do they, though? Hey, they, they develop Monty Python, then dudes can do whatever the hell they That's want. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So... I don't know. Um, one of the, one of the things you're talking about since like we we talked a little bit about like the the hip hop element. And you're talking about like bringing us back in like a historical context. For me, like a, a whole other side of this. And sorry if I'm jumping on things, Tim. But like for me, like the educational aspect of this was pretty freaking huge because oh, yeah, like. Easily. I mean, like, I, I took all, like, the advanced courses in, in high school, like, AP, everything. AP, AP America, no. We're, we're all fucking... No, this is a brag. Yeah, we're all... This is like a brag. No, this is, this is me saying AP American history. I got a three. Three out of five. And a three is like, yeah, okay, I guess you pass. You get college credit for that. I I don't know if I got I th- a three depends for that. Depends, depends on the college. Yeah, I don't know if I got credit for that particular one, but I got credit for everything else. University but, of Arizona, probably. U of A, no. ASU gave me credit for my three in chemistry. Yeah, so like... Been drinking. Just in that regard, you know, I like I, I honestly, I was like, I don't remember really what 
Hamilton's deal was like I, I know you know he got shot by by Aaron Burr you know we're never gonna forget that because we grew up with the Got Milk commercial um, I know he's on the ten dollar bill and I know because he did of Lonely Island yeah yeah he dropped with Hamilton's name and that's who Cornell Andy yes. Samberg so like I was like I, I I, you know, I know he's one of the founding fathers, but I don't remember exactly what he did. Yeah. You know, and, and this was a good opportunity to go back and re- revisit a lot of that. And I'm actually very excited to go and read a little more. And, uh, I, you know, there were people in there who probably knew even less than I did going in. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Me, this yeah. guy right here. And then I obsessed over it for like the next week after watching the, the play. Like, I just found it fascinating. Everything about Hamilton, like what they talked about, the way that he was you know, basically abandoned by his father and the way that they, his, his mother and his, his mother died while they both fucking, orphans. Oh yeah, no, I'm not going to do the song. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you, guys, you guys get that. But I mean, like his history is fascinating. And a lot of things that like you learn briefly about in the play that you find out more about is like really interesting. You know, like the, the stuff about his son, you know, and, and what his, you know, uh, just like his feelings on his son, but then how it changed him and, and uh, Eliza afterwards and like a lot of small details that they give in the play that they talk about more it's like it's crazy because I feel like I know it I feel like I'm finding out more details about somebody that I know versus it just being some random historical reference to a founding father yeah it was a it was a history book that inspired the whole thing Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, sat down and read this uh, biography by Ron Chernow of Hamilton and it was by like you know, by chapter two, I think, where, where it was talking about um, where he writes his way out of uh, being on St. Kitts, where um, at that point already Lin-Manuel Miranda knew he had to do this musical. Yeah, so one of the things, so as Josh said, you know, reading more about it, I did a lot of reading like right afterwards. Like that night went home and was like reading about Hamilton and stuff. One of the craziest things that I, you know, how they're talking about, you know, moving uptown and it's quiet uptown. That was Harlem. Where they moved to is now Harlem. So they reference that like twice in the in the show, though. Did they? They're going to move to Harlem, yeah, because that's where he was at. I I missed it. It said Harlem. That's that's where he's also buried, correct? Isn't he buried uptown? Uh, I don't believe so. I'm pretty sure I've run across his grave, and I did you physically run across his grave? (laughs) This dude runs everywhere. (laughs) That that is something I would do. Uh, (laughs) I I might have. I might. I may have actually passed it while I was on a run through the city. Yes, it's in the church, Uh, right? Are you gonna hit that, Tim? Yeah, he's in the Uh, church with a Trinity Church Cemetery, Greenwich Village. Yeah. Okay. So, but one of the other things about that is that you know it was in Harlem. There was, they relocated the house. They, like, picked up the house and moved it. Like, because there was something with the plot of land he was on, they wanted to use it for something else, so they relocated the house that he built, like, on the back of a flatbed. I've seen that you'd, shit. You'd be yeah. amazed how many places they do. There's a, there's a whole place called Greenfield Village uh, near Detroit where Henry Ford, because he was rich and insane, um, just collected these historic buildings and moved them all oh my uh, God. Yeah, to, to this spot. Do <laughs> you imagine yeah. just being so rich that you just collect historical buildings like they're trading cards? He has, cards like, and shit? like um, I, I don't know if it's all the original glass, but most of Thomas Edison's tool sheds. It's amazing. And they'll tell you about all the shit that Thomas Edison invented. And if you go in and, like, say, well, what about Tesla? They will just fucking chew you out. They will not talk about Tesla at Greenfield Village. <laughs> it's fucked up. Adam and I experienced this firsthand. Wow. All right. Yeah, there's a so. lot of weird shit surrounding Tesla. That, yeah. That, that was a whole different thing and, and Henry Ford too he's yeah. we can't get into how weird he was 
Well, of yeah. course, we can't have this show without an actual unfunny nerd tangent, right? So, do you want to keep going? Well, that was particularly go nerdy. No, I'm it? good. All right, good. But yeah, we all find that humorous, Derek? Not even yeah. a little bit. And it was and it was definitely a tangent. So I think we can get back on track. I did I did wrap the uh, Fresh Prince theme song onto his like old Tino type recorder. Oh well, that's see that's different. Yeah, see that brings us back around to Hamilton. Yeah, Yeah, to wrapping on in Hamilton. See, and I think that kind of goes back to my surprise that Hamilton became such a widely appreciated thing. Like I understand hip hop is is a beloved form of music but I'm still amazed that so many people love Hamilton because my opinion He's is if you white d- people white no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> no true, I understand though if you don't like yeah, pop, yeah, no, I can't I, imagine you liking this show like but if you can put past your dislike for hip hop and still enjoy this show mm-hmm. that says something about this show yeah. you know what I mean like that it's good enough to transcend someone's dislike for a genre of music I'm not going to watch a musical that's a that's a a, a Western cowboy. I'm not listening to that. I'm not listening to country musical music. You know, Oklahoma that's not happening. Not yet. Taylor will get mad at you for dis- dissing any music. I know. I know. But I'm just saying. This, I am so excited about this. For every theater nerd, for every tech theater nerd, for every thespian there ever was, to finally be cool is oh, fucking yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Dude. Lin-Manuel Miranda was on Saturday Night Live. He did that Crucible cast party video. I was fucking in the Crucible, and that was it was too real. It was really good. It was too real. It was really I'm, good. I'm pretty sure that, that I had a moment in high school where I was like in somebody's like upstairs attic closet with a girl, and we were totally not making out, and I don't know what the fuck we were doing, and I wasn't even gay. Well, all what? right. Yeah. Now, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, what? Did this just turn into a therapy session? The kid in the video, obviously, he was not into girls, and I, I was just kind of clueless and aloof. Right. To this well, day, my love of Sondheim and all things musical makes my best friends question my sexuality on a daily basis. Well, it's also the fact that you can identify shoes from about 30 yards away. Well, that's, hey, shoes. No, that's, that's, that's a talent. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, no. Yeah. Look at this. Well, like, I'm finally a backup. Where, is he, here for where you, have man. you been my whole life, Derek? <laughs> no, but I, I see, mean, see, that makes me question again. Like, see, <laughs> see, no, but here's the thing about musicals is I almost feel like now is part of that reason, right? Because we're getting past that whole thing of things being like that where you consider a form of entertainment to be like gay but it's kind of sad we're all old enough to have grown up in a time where like musicals like if you were like a dude you weren't really supposed to like musicals and things like that like it's kind of weird like when I was in The King and I in my freshman year in high school I was like damn this is the place to be there are half naked girls running around all the time there's like few dudes like this, I don't understand why more guys wouldn't be like hanging out in theater you if know it wasn't I mean? for theater I would not have had the ability to talk to women when I got to college yeah I totally. all those years in theater just cause I walked up I'm like I'm gonna be this character right now I'm gonna just do this and I'm just gonna go for it it's being on stage yeah. well one of the things going back to you know how this has become such a phenomenon and you know talking about how becoming more accepted and all that. I I think there's been a few other musicals that have come in the last several years that have kind of set the stone for, paved the way for that. You know, you look at Avenue Q, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, basically South Park Muppets, you know, talking about how the internet's for porn. Um, And then you had Book of Mormon, which, you know, the guys from South Park making play off of a popular episode there. It, It stopped being stuff where it was, you know, 
a lot of it was like, oh, it's like chick flicks and romance novels is the type of storylines people, you know, associated with, you know, musicals and Broadway performances. And now it's starting to change as to, oh, it's kind of like that show I like on TV or it's a comedy or, you know, in this case, it's historical. It's not, it's something kind of more mainstream for everyone. Sure. And it's breaking down those, you know, I don't know what you call them that. They're that walls. They're perceived they're, notions yeah, of what it is. Yeah. Well, it's just it's just that stupid thing of I mean I don't know. I grew up with brothers. I grew up with all of that stupid machismo stuff where like you were called a girl or you were called queer or you were called whatever for whatever stupid thing you liked. You know what I mean? Like we I think we all grew up in that world, and it's like it's nice that all of that stuff has kind of been removed and that society views that in a different way now. You know. But, but did any of you guys even think about any of this shit while you were watching Hamilton? Like no. it didn't. Oh no. It didn't no, no. Like, no, none of that even like enters uh, into the calculus well, of should I see yeah. this musical and, and am I having a good time tonight? Like it's that that Hell melts no. away. It's kind of like what Jared was saying though. Like it's a lot of those musicals that are like the newer musicals that have come out. I went to go see Book of Mormon and I I didn't think that for a minute and I was shocked about what the Book of Mormon where the Book of Mormon story went. It was crazy. I didn't imagine it going where it went, but it was still an enjoyable, entertaining experience. I loved every minute of it. And yeah, the next That's day I was evil yeah, <laughs> right. And I was listening to songs the next day jamming out you know what I mean like so yeah you're right it's not that you think about it but it's nice that you don't think about it and it's nice that there's uh, I don't don't know maybe a more entertaining form of musicals coming out where they do kind of put all the things that everyone kind of likes you know like yeah there's singing but there's a lot of comedy and, and especially like Hamilton if you love hip hop my god it's a celebration of hip hop it is literally a celebration of of hip hop of hip past rappers and past performers and there's so much like little like DMX here and and you know Funk, uh, Funk Master Flex here and all this different like little things there, and if cool you don't party, know you know, now you know yeah. Right. Yeah. the t- 10 crack commandments yeah. t- 10 dual commandments it's, like, so great, you know. And then, like, I saw, you know, maybe it was just me, but on the uh, first uh, um, Oval Office Battle, or what, I can't remember. Cat and Duel. Cat and Duel, yeah. And it's like, oh, T.I. did this when he did T.I. versus Tip. Well, like, that, that it's supposed to be an homage to yeah. every beef ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, but the same, co- like, it was really... Making a debate yeah. into a rap battle is was just genius. I mean, exactly. there's so much about it that I think speaks to... Well, us like what we like about music and we all are all familiar with all of that so I think bringing that into a play that's historical is really good so what Jared was talking about earlier with like the, the jump like the Avenue Q the Book of Mormon jump that was the jump to bring uh, a little bit of mainstream comedy into theater the other two that you probably didn't even watch or you've never seen but the two other uh, pieces that really got us to here would probably be Rent as soon as Rent was, was made yes. yeah. Yeah. Rent was amazing yeah uh, it, it had a great pop sound. It really reached out and started really getting market penetration in, in, out into the United States again in the musical world. Then Wicked came. And when Wicked came, oh. it knocked it the hell out. Wicked's a okay. fucking good show. Oh, Wicked yeah. was so great. Wicked was so great that when I screamed, hell yeah, at the end of the first act, the people on stage were smiling because they could hear me. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's also because Mateo is very loud. Yeah. So yeah. Not, everybody in the room hears him. I, love because I was in Hollywood at the Patches Theater. It's a little 90-foot pediment theater. You're really super close to the actors. And that girl singing Defying Gravity, she stuck the landing. It was amazing. So you have a platform, boom. You have Wicked, you have 
Book of Mormon happening where things can be funny. You have like Trey Parker and Matt Stone right. jumping ahead to say, we love music theater, but nobody, we, we our friends are never going to like it until we pour ourselves into it. Mm -hmm. And they poured themselves into it. And then that opened up the world for Lin-Manuel Miranda. And Heights came right after that. Boom, wins a Tony. Yep. And once you have one Tony in your pocket, you can do whatever you want. And so he got to do the Passion Project and then look, I mean... Yeah, and the passion right. project Dude, becomes the, the biggest thing. The ever. accolades, by the way, for Lin Manuel Miranda are are just insane. He's got a MacArthur Genius Grant. He's got a, a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, if if they had nominated the Rock's song from Moana, he would have a fucking Oscar, and so would the Rock. <laughs> yes, I want that. The time. Rock yeah. having an Oscar. Yeah, Absolutely. Just, just I'm accept that's going to happen at some point. Well, I mean, it's it's weird because I don't often get off on the national pride stuff. You know, I mean. Puerto Rico's a little You're going to bring out the Puerto Rican Day Parade and flag on this no, one? Yeah, no, okay. I'm totally come on, bring it up. Uh, but no, I mean, I'm just insane. <laughs> he though, says like, he never does this. I feel like he does this all the time. There's a, there's, <laughs> well, I mean, I can't think of anybody that I've really done it with besides Can wrestlers. Carlito, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. But no, I mean, I mean, seriously, it is one of those things. And like the fact that he has handled it in such a way that's so inspirational, it, it does. It brings me pride on an American level the show itself and it makes me prideful about being an American but it also makes me prideful about being Puerto Rican that a Puerto Rican wrote that and put that out there and became so popular you know what I mean so that is the translation que bendiga mis, mis primos cabron mm -hmm. dude you gotta see how did you see how much money he raised for his homeboys back in Puerto Rico after yeah. the, the hurricane yeah I mean that was freaking awesome right um, but you're not gonna sit here and not talk about Puerto Rican pride and not talk about West Side Story come on well, that's all we had before that, man. That's all you had. There's a list that's some of us at the table didn't have that. Schlag <laughs> <laughs> and I over here got, well, no, you had King Oh, yeah, he had King and I. Right? <laughs> He's not Thai. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait, he had Mulan. I have all the rest of the musicals. Wow. What are you, Schlag? I'm Korean. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. I got nothing. You got nothing? But but my... Sorry. But I, I Korean you barbecue can, you can, you can oh, because Taiwan doesn't want it apparently. Yeah, yeah apparently. I guess. If you, um, you have Sai and Sundobu, you're fine, bro. Sai and Sundobu. Jesus. All right. I, I mean, like, so my 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 personal love for musicals, like, it, it starts in a weird place for me because, like, I don't know. I watched a lot of like nerdy stuff growing up, and I still do, obviously. Um, but like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, and you, you watch Buffy. <laughs> yes. All right. So there, there's, there's, yeah, there's yes. one, ep there's one episode in there called What's More with Feeling. And I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. Yes. Like I went, I bought the CD for that one freaking episode. Well, the whole premise is like a, a demon comes into town and turns the entire freaking town into a musical. Like that's his thing. And nobody realizes what's happening. So everybody starts singing and dancing and, uh, it's fantastic. Um, but like, <laughs> for me, that's where it started. Then I got to college and like, you, you talked about rent. Um, and like, I, I've never actually seen rent, but like I started hanging out with like musical theater people and all, I don't know. So like, it's cool to see like all that stuff happen and like every, any, everything in between, like, you know, in the last few years you see La La Land, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a really amazing show. If you haven't seen it, um, friend, our friend who's been on Unfighting Nerd Tangent many times, Daryl, uh, actually recommended it to me. Um, that one's like amazing. Ben Simon, local Abutuki kid. Yeah. He's on Crazy oh, Ex Girlfriend. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Ahwatukee is like a part of Phoenix for people who don't know. Oh yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> I didn't say that. I went to I went to middle school with him, and now he's like uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, and he's on that show. So cool. So I I don't know. That's just kind of my, my like the extended universe of musicals for me. Like it's just all coming together, and it's being a more accepted thing. And now we're seeing there's more shows coming out on TV as well. Um, I, I heard mixed things about The Showman, you know, a couple months ago. I'm hoping that the new shows that are coming out, you know, it, it, I, I guess I just hope that it doesn't become, like, too saturated. Uh, but at the same time, it's really cool to have the, all these options. Well, right now, there. there's a there's a SpongeBob SquarePants musical, <laughs> and that, that uh, they're taking super seriously. Yeah, they're, they're taking really? super seriously. And and the people writing songs for it are crazy. Like the opening number is written by Jonathan Colton, and I'm so stoked. Oh wow, it's nuts. Yeah, like they're not. It's well, no joke. It's like a real legitimate. We're putting a lot of work into this show. Which is crazy. That's I mean, cool. SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, wait, I mean, is it a live production? Yes, it's yeah. a live production. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are they, are they getting like the original guy who did SpongeBob to do a lot of that stuff, or because that that guy's really entertaining? I've heard him multiple times interviewed on podcasts. Like he's done Nerdist and things like that. Yeah, he was on Mister Show. That's that's Tom Kenny. He's on Adventure yeah, Time. He's yeah, on yeah, everything. Kenny, yeah. like, he was in Transformers Two, unfortunately. <laughs> we're totally like yeah. masking over though that. Disney had a lot to play with before they even talking about that. So you had like the whole Lion King sure. run, you had yeah. the whole uh, Beauty and the Beast run. Oh, yeah, that's a good well, point. There's a bunch now. of them that they went out and did. I mean, Lion King on stage was phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Oh God, yes. And, and the greatest public show I've ever seen. Yeah. And it's funny you brought up Wicked earlier because Wicked, to me, my niece and um, sister-in-law came home from Wicked, and it was the first musical that I've ever. Like after hearing people talk about it, like regretted not seeing. Have you not seen were, it yet? No, I haven't seen it. They were just oh. like, they were just like, oh, it was so amazing, and they like described all this stuff, and I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. I'd, so, I'd go see that. <laughs> that I've, sounds great. I've been like kind of like a lover and um, and just dived in with my whole heart into musicals over time. Wicked was the first time there was like a strong female lead having female characters that aren't damsels in distress that are like kicking ass. And it was like super inspiring. It was like a really intense thing, but it opened up. I mean, it opened up so many doors. You're gonna see. You're, you're gonna, like people like you know, that never wanted to see a musical before. Felt like they got drugged to see those musicals, and just like walked away with being inspired. And well, that, that you have to have that to get to, to get to here. You talked about um, like Disney's influence on musicals, but now it's come all the way back around. Um, I already talked about Lin Manuel Miranda, who who like wrote the songs for Moana as he was developing Hamilton, which is just insane that anybody can work that hard. Yeah. Um, but also um, the like he's Frozen. writing like it's he's running out of time. Is yeah, that, is yeah he actually was. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I can I can see how he identifies with that character just based on his output. But um, the the musical Frozen um, has has the these you know, incredible soaring musical numbers uh, written by uh, Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, who I think did Avenue Q, and uh, the the woman who voices Elsa and who sings Let It Go, which is like the most like smack you in the face musical number like princess anthem ever, is um, Adina Manzel, who was yeah. the original Elphaba in Wicked. Yeah, she was amazing. She started out as a, a bar and bat mitzvah singer in Long Island. Uh, she always uh, goes off uh, on stage on barefoot. She's Absolutely amazing. She got her start on Broadway as Mimi and Rent. Uh, so if you ever heard the song like uh, Light My Candle, that's her. Um, and if you were uh, on Facebook like six months ago when I gave away two free tickets, and I couldn't I couldn't give away two free tickets to see Adina Menzel. Really? 
How did I, I miss had, this? I, I had them. I was trying to give them away. I couldn't get them. Uh, get them. I mean, nobody would take my Dina Menzel tickets. You're like, trying to charge Sam. I don't know what you're talking No, I remember in the end, I said, hey, well, no, because I'm like, do you want it for face value? See, I did that for face value. I gave away Dina Menzel tickets. <laughs> They're like 222 a piece. I was like, oh, let's see what we can do. By the last week, I'm like, here, somebody just take them. But even then, she wouldn't take them. Mm. She never had to go left when I was out of town. So. Uh, no, you didn't want to go see Dina Menzel. No, I was out of town. Would you have gone to see Adina Menzel? No. See? And I was out of town. <laughs> and I, and uh, who else is in that movie? Isn't Kristen Chenoweth in that, within that uh, with her as well? Uh, no, it's Kristen Bell from Veronica Kristen Mars. Oh, Tim, Tim oh, gets his Veronica yes, Mars. Yes, there it is. Is oh, this yeah. a six so degrees? We're, we're not done, though. We're, 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 we're any of the cast members of a Kevin Smith movie so we can just wrap up the uh, unfucking entertainment mandatory references? I don't even know I'm going to go there. I don't, I don't know. Have we talked about the fact that Kevin Smith had a little... Uh, Little heart attack, yeah. and yeah, was and was tweeting about it from this hospital bed, and then did a Facebook live thing. What is Ke- Ke- Kevin Smith, an amazing man. He's always he, working. Always working. <laughs> what was great is today he saw some guy cosplayed as Silent Bob in a hospital gown having a heart attack with all the uh, tubes oh. and stuff in his head. Oh and no! Ke- and Kevin Smith went. You know, time means everything with things like this, and you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crap. great. Wait a second. I can't believe I'm thinking about this right now. The Schlag made me think about uh, when shows go ahead and do the musical episode. Mm. Did you guys ever see Flash's musical yes. episode? It was no. perfect. They did a really good job on that one. Yeah. So the, the, if you've ever watched Flash before, the uh, what's his name? Who's the detective? Um, oh, Joe. Joe. Detective Joe was the original Tom Collins in Rent when it was on stage. Oh, oh so is that yeah. a throwback to that as well? Yeah, it's another, that's why he it's wanted cool. to do the whole musical thing. When he did, I was like, oh, yes, here nice. it is. Now, it's funny that you, you bring that up because, and as odd as this is, I couldn't find the exact episode, but there was an episode of American Dad that <laughs> I remember seeing. And, you know, Seth MacFarlane, he's another one of those guys. He's big at musicals, and yep. some of the episodes really do turn into kind of genius mini musicals of, of Family Guy and American Dad in, in themselves, right? But one of the episodes I remember just watching and looking at it from a perspective of like, man, I would steal this story and make it into a musical. Like, it's a really well-done story. It had good songs in it, like everything about it. And, you know, it, it just reminded me of, of the guys from South Park in a way where they, you know, they started toying around with this on South Park, but then it got to the point where they could really develop a rich story that was based around an actual musical where it wasn't necessarily all a joke and Two it was words. actually well done. Two words. Seth MacFarlane is the reason why all of those... Family Guy has musical numbers because of Seth MacFarlane. Oh, yeah. So you get the yeah. family... Uh, everything you go... In American fact, I remember Dad when he was getting stuff. roasted, uh, Lisa Lampanelli said, I think, uh, you're the straightest man to ever write show tunes. Yeah, the joke yeah. about him. So. Well, when, when he throws parties at his house, like he performs, like he puts on performances and sings, like he a lounge act. He, I think he did an album on yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. So, so he, he's it, but the guys from South Park were definitely doing it early on. Well, their, their whole South Park movie was a, yeah, was, a, was actually a really yeah, good sure. musical. Yeah. It was yes. like a little lame Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little lame Miserable with kids. Man, yeah. I went to go see that with my dad, and in all of my time as being an adult, you know, like. 
it was it was where I was old enough to be able to see something that cursed that much without being embarrassed about it. You know, like I was, you know, like almost. How many, how many almost, times I gonna say Uncle Fucker? Right, totally. <laughs> Me and my dad were just in fucking tears throughout that whole movie. Like it was one of my most enjoyable times with my dad ever because we had no idea what we were gonna see and we had no idea it was gonna be that vulgar and that amazing. But at the same time, like never did the singing ever bother us or anything. And I know for sure. My dad is not a fan of musicals. He does not like musicals. He doesn't like stuff like that. Um, and he didn't bat an eye at it. So it just goes to show it really is how it's framed and then how the story is and, and how the songs are and everything. Like, you can't just dislike musicals as a whole. You the know? closing, like the act, closing of Act One in that movie is the, where they have like the five way part just like Les Miserables. Yes. 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 Like, <laughs> I, I, I love oh. Resistance. I'd listen to that CD so much. It was the best. And, and I guess, you know, the, what we're kind of figuring out is, wait, musicals have been in America all along. They just didn't get hot. How yeah. long do you have to simmer something in America to make it explode? This, because this finally went off. Yeah. So what's next? What can somebody do next that's going to top this? I mean... Well, the challenge of, of musical theater is that it's, it's still live theater. And that... I, you, you can't like you can't do a wide release. It's only available for it's. it's there, there's a live audience. There's an intimate relationship. You can only have you know so many people fit in one auditorium at one time. You gotta you know you have either a touring production or you have a residency. I mean shit. Now Hamilton is in not just uh, New York and London, but it's also in Chicago and San Francisco. Yeah. In addition to the tour, um, I mean there's there's a lot of opportunities out there if you want to pay a bunch of money for a Hamilton ticket. But it's still you know until they release this uh, this movie that we're um, trying to figure out what's happening on there's really not a lot of access for a lot of people other than just listening to the soundtrack on Apple Music well I, and I also think that exclusivity is part of the allure of seeing it like I don't know there's a lot of things I put off because I can watch it whenever but not an opportunity to watch Hamilton like if I was in New York City and someone had the ticket I'd drop everything I was doing and change all plans just to go see it you know and I think you're right it's not it's not as widely seen but that also kind of I think that gives it the longevity of people appreciating it for longer like you know we're talking about something now that's been around for three years and it's at its peak almost right now like it's not like to say it hasn't been popular but like you said it's exploding all over the place and you got the touring company and everything like it, it really is at its most popular right now and you can see that in the ticket prices you know we were joking around what <laughs> yeah. Mateo and I did but that was all just demand you couldn't get a ticket easily right. and I think it's still going to continue that way until people you know you can, until you can go buy a ticket at face value Without really having to think about it, you, you had to, to get a ticket to this show. I, I think they, they might give priority to people who have like a like a season uh, ticket oh, yeah, plan. They, they for, sold, no, um, no, they, no, I thought they sold it was season specifically tickets. separate. It was, from it was, that it was, it was separate from that because a lot of shows a lot of shows do it that way. This one had it had a lottery. It had a it had a VIP section for the section, and then it had a lottery for the other ticket. So, so you had, you entered this lottery just for the opportunity to buy the ticket at face Correct. value, separate from the Hamilton app lottery where you can buy a ten dollar oh, yeah. ticket. There was a whole process of verification to make sure that you weren't a scalper buying a bunch of tickets and yeah. you could only buy four at the most. So that also kind of, you know, kind of clamped down on it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 
it made sense. I think that's how a lot of things should be, honestly. Like, I'm sick of a lot of cases where people go into anything. I don't care if it's tickets for this or freaking Guardians of the Galaxy 2 Blu-ray 3D DVDs, man. It Those doesn't fucking steelbooks. The fucking steelbooks are yes. too late. But I, I just, so, just get this and one guy bought like five of them and he has them on eBay. Like, how does one Fuck guy have eBay that sellers. How does Best Buy well, have fucking buy them from the eBay sellers? You two just went full fucking nerd. Oh, yeah. What the hell are you guys talking about? I'm just saying. They get, they get very angry over yeah. not getting this special steelbook edition Blu-ray. They're so nice. Your kids can't break the case. And the bigger point is that they make そう、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、ゲームの中で、
like that's that's a show in real time, yeah. and and that's that was the incredible thing to me because every every musical I've ever seen prior to this, there's some there's some interstitial dialogue, there's there's stuff that happens in between Very songs. Little. This sure. this is more like an operetta. This is like let's go and sing an entire piece to people. And the cool thing about the, the way that the, the stage is set up in this one, uh, I think we both saw from the terrace, so we kind of got an overlook. We can see the, the, the everyone all the way to the deep back. I have friends that I talked to that were up, up close and low, and they said that the turntable effect made it like they were looking at the actor through a crowd, and that the crowd would open as the as the their circle would open to them, and they could see them, and it, mm. and it was kind of. Watching this person yeah. kind of move through people I would was a much that. different experience. I would see that if you didn't have the up yeah. up angle where you actually you're in the expensive the seats, you're experiencing something <laughs> completely different. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean that's and that's kind of more of like a directorial shot, almost yeah. like yeah, like a, like in a movie. I, I, I don't know. I, you'd almost pan in a movie, like you'd pan from the low angle up, so you see. Really see. see, my problem is, is that I don't get lost in that as much as I actually get lost in watching what the actors are really doing. Yeah. So I spend a lot of my time, like Tim was describing, watching them like move set pieces in and out, and just being like fascinated by the way that they did it in such a choreographed manner that you don't even really notice them doing it and they just look like they're did dancing you, but they're did you notice how many times you saw paper and, pe and pens and quills move yes. off the stage yes totally. from hand to hand to black and then it was right. just off it was just gone right I've been to a lot of you've seen shows where you've been up and then there's like a set change like it's a stop there's nothing and even when they were, they were moving around like yeah. they rearranged the set as part of the performance, like they literally moved an entire section and centered it on stage, mm. a whole you know, for, to go from on the stage to the second level, as part of the performance. Like they, they made it, just kind of flow with what they were doing. Yeah, no, I didn't can, really can think. Can I bust of... you for a second? Yeah. Can I? How hot did you notice how the, the how hot the dancers were? Yes. I noticed you trying to point them out to me in the intermission, too. Because we both had this conversation. So don't tell me it was just me. Because you said, did you see that one? I said, well, I was like the other one. I was, I was generally impressed by the athleticism of everybody. In shape. Like, yeah. that, like a traveling cast, Like that's got to be like one of the most attractive traveling groups of anybody oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Right. It's just a pack moving down the street of just attractive oh. people. Like, what? We're gonna we're gonna have Hamilton that? babies coming yeah. out soon. They're gonna be superhuman, <laughs> yeah. super attractive, super talented. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if, at all. There, if there's not some hooking up going on it's like, there, it's man. like it's like the Olympic camp, you know? So that's what we I need. feel like when you're on tour like that, like getting knocked up is the last thing you want to do. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. You know, what, I'm, I would, I'm gonna bring this. I'm gonna shoot this out to everybody because I know I had I I was it was Were a you something that, talking about making babies to shooting this out of this. No, what I'm gonna talk about is my my unfunny nerd tangent is the social aspect how many people and i talked to several that had trouble with it seeing george washington as a black man and seeing alexander hamilton as some dude who's puerto rican and i think austin scott was in this instance but by seeing like multicultural people play things opposite of their role i mean the if you look inside the playbill it looks like the like a colors of benetton ad Right for the first yeah, time, yeah. I've been doing music theater forever, and mostly it's just a bunch of white characters and some subplot uh, Hispanic or Asian characters. Uh, is the occasional somebody who's Arab? That's it. That's American music theater, and that's most music theater and opera across the entire world. When he stepped up and he said, "I want to make this thing different," it really kind of 
uh, it jars you at first. Like, wait, I don't expect that person to not be white. I mean, our forefathers white, and in, in reality, Alexander Hamilton was a was a mi- was mixed. And what does this say? It was because John Adams called him a Creole bastard and busted his ass out of the administration. Yeah. Uh, he was only, he was different. And I guess that was an homage to the fact that everybody could be different. That these people were so um, just eclectic and amazing in what they were undertaking. Like to, to like, like screw this, we don't like you. We're going to create our own country. You guys can kiss our asses. And it takes such a, it's more important than what your color or your culture is to be able to pull something off like that. But it's still you have to kind of you're still seeing it with your eyes and resonating it with what you learn in history. You know, I think my only issue with it from watching it as a play is when they have, like in the touring company, a single actor play multiple characters is because they're so distinct. And then I have a problem seeing this guy that was his buddy before now be Thomas Jefferson. Lafayette. Lafayette. You know what I mean? Or things like that. Like, see, me and my wife even got in an argument because my wife said he was Lafayette. And I was like, no, wasn't it the other They do it three times in this particular musical. Right. Uh, Lafayette is Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Peg is Reynolds' wife. What's his name? Um, um, the love interest. Peggy. Uh, Pe- Peggy. Uh, Mar- Mariah Reynolds or Maria? Yeah. Is it Maria or Mariah? Mariah Reynolds is, is also Peg. And then John Lawrence becomes the next. Uh, he's another double character. He becomes, he, he becomes Hamilton's son, right? Or No. 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 Is he uh, Madison? Madison. Right? No, no, no. He's Philip. Yeah, Philip. Yeah, Philip's two characters. Because Lawrence, Hercules Lawrence Mulligan died. becomes Madison. Hercules. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Hercules Mulligan, which well, was because I, I, I have it right here. God damn yeah. it! Because Lafayette becomes Jefferson Mulligan, Madison. Yeah. Uh, Peggy becomes Mariah Reynolds, and uh, Philip. Philip Schuyler. I think it's because they all die. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he died. And yeah. don't get me wrong. I I'm okay with that most of the time. I think that that's just. I mean, honestly, especially when you have such a distinct looking person in any way like a guy with long dreads or like a girl that looks distinct or anything I'm not even trying to say a person of color but then they playing another character even the guy that played his son I was like yeah that's the dude from earlier right yeah. I mean it's, it's you're like not even putting a wig on him or nothing or a hat you know like put a hat on him or whatever you know like that's the kind of thing right so like <laughs> you can't have Danny Trejo playing two roles in the same movie <laughs> right, right. right. that's fucking Danny Trejo yeah that's Hernandez from earlier right <laughs> oh, what the fuck is he back like I don't like, it's machete. So, Come like, on, see, dude. like for me, and, and like that's a thing with. I think if you're a musical fan, you're used to that, you know. And for me, that I don't watch a lot of musicals, and my wife and I both had that same discussion afterwards. Like, that's the only part that kind of loses you with with a, a play you're unfamiliar with, you know. Like now, we would be fine with it. Now that we've watched it, we're gonna understand that. We're not gonna have any issues. But yeah, like there was a couple of times that my wife leaned over and she's like, "Wait, who's that now?" And I'm like. Oh no, that's his. I think that's that's supposed to be his son now. I think. Well, that, yeah. that's the other thing is that you know, with this being a lot of rap and without the, you know, spoken word segments, you don't get the introduction to these characters, to where you say, oh, that he's now this. Right. You have to catch it in the lyrics. Are you almost. serious? When Thomas Jefferson comes on, he's got a whole number all the way down. Not everybody. Not And I gotta say, the yeah. guy who did him, the guy who uh, our performance was playing, Marquis de Lafayette, and. Uh, Jefferson, he he, he changed so his dope. mannerisms he so was much. So great. He was fantastic. Yeah. He was so great. His mannerisms as Jefferson was 
Cool. Yes. Great. Yes. Absolutely. Like, just, just that antagonist to Hamilton, just right. in his face. He was. Just, I, the, I. I mean, not having seen the original production, just having listened to it, I feel like the the actor that we saw was was just way more over the top yeah. than than those characters that you hear on the record. Well, and and I think I don't know. I mean, this kind of reminds me personally of seeing Book of Mormon, but. When I saw Book of Mormon here, and then I saw what the actual like Broadway play was supposed to be, I was like, "Oh, I liked our Book of Mormon way better. Like, I liked our character. Like, oh, he's supposed to be like that. That's lame. I don't want him to be like that. I liked how ours was all like goofy stoner guy or whatever he was. You know, it was almost a completely different thing. And I've noticed that with Hamilton and watching some of it, some of the characters play it completely differently. But maybe it's because I saw this one myself. I just have an appreciation for." The one I saw versus what I've seen but on what um, you're what you're Broadway. pointing at is the fact that the beauty of music is interpretation. So when you have like a sheet of music in front of you, you have notes, but you don't have the feeling and the push that comes with it. And you get that in, in that personal experience. So like so you look like you talked about like Book of uh, Book of Mormon mm-hmm. original cast there. That guy went on to be Olaf in uh, Frozen. I mean, these are like another musical connection. Another musical connection. Because it's the, the emotion that they can throw through the piece is their own. Right? They can't, nobody else can do it. You're talking about like the guy. You're saying that, Josh Gad was the like loser uh, Mormon that couldn't that do he, anything yeah. correctly. Yeah, that was him. Right? And, and that's that was him. Actually, though, that's the cool. dude who plays Kristoff in Frozen is the original King George. Yeah. Right. So, that's funny. Yeah. We'll see. And, and see, that's what I'm talking about is like it was a completely differently like it's weird how it's the same character but it was just completely so like, played differently even uh, Lafayette Thomas Jefferson on the original cast is David Diggs he's like in, in uh, he was in Blackish he yes. was in uh, you know, Breaking with Kimmy Schmidt it's the ability to express and if you watch Blackish he's basically playing Lafayette all over again it's just our, our Jefferson where he's like I love France more than America you can't even spread butter on this thing it's that mm-hmm. each one of these guys has the ability to take a piece of music and make it their own. I mean, when the one thing we haven't talked about yet was that this is the first time I've ever seen somebody remix an entire album of musical theater hits. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you take that, and, you, and each one of those different music, like Usher, who was that? Missy Elliott, no, Rihanna. Busta Rhymes is my Busta favorite. Rhymes on it. Um, each one of them says- Khalifa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did the uh, Washingtons. It was amazing. Yeah. So each one of them took that music inside of them and says, this is how I would express it. Sure. So, I mean, that's what you're going to get with a touring cast. You get to see different people do something. But I, I had so much more appreciation for the ones that did the actual lyrics versus the ones that just rewrote the songs because uh, that's really what I wanted to hear was the lyrics. You that, know what I mean? Like, Usher doing Wait For It is... Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. So good. But I like the Sia one, too. That was good as well. Yeah. yeah. Which one was the Sia one? Um, I forget the name of the song. I'm not really good with the Sia, titles. Sia and Queen Latifah. Yeah, Sia, Queen Latifah, they do Satisfied? somebody else. Satisfied, yes. Yes, yeah. yes Satisfied. The, the other one that I was surprised I liked was the um, Kelly Carson version of It's Quiet Uptown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was a really good rendition. I watched a video of her perform that live. Yeah, she killed yeah. that. Yeah. That, for people who don't really know what we're talking about, there is on Apple Music, it's the Hamilton mixtape is what it's called, and mm-hmm. you, can, you can get it, and it's all these remixes or... Just celebrities doing their version. Even Obama talked about it at the press corps. I know. He's like, uh, did you uh, hear the Hamilton mixtape? Uh, that's what I've been listening to all weekend. It's, it's amazing. amazing. I'm like, what the fuck? That reminds me so That's I what Lin Manuel Miranda was the film. like, what the fuck? Well, no, because <laughs> if you go back, there's actually, before Hamilton was actually on Broadway, Lin Manuel Miranda performed um, one of the songs at like the White House Correspondence Dinner. 
with Obama there. Oh. And this is, this is it's an early version, so it's been changed up. It's yeah. on YouTube. Um, I'll see if I can find I it. Got it. It's got to be. Post it to the Entrepreneur Challenge again. Alexander Hamilton song. It's got to be. I think it was, but. Um, <laughs> he gets up there. Hi, everybody. I'm an orphan. Uh, bastard son of a whore and a, <laughs> just starts know. going. No, I, I, you, you joke. I think that might have been what it was. Um, but it was just, you know, you kind of see him, you know, developing. You see where you can see it's it's still rough when he performs it. Yeah. And then where it goes to is just you know polish it up and clean it up. Well, I love I love how accessible he's made this show because of how significant it is to like history teachers and kids learning like it's literally changing the way kids learn and they're you know so many teachers are seeing the the kids faces light up when they do stuff in this manner when they copy this style or when they just straight up teach hamilton and one of the things i liked is when you go on to i think it's a genius.com it's one of the lyrics websites and they usually have like lyrics provided by some guy you know Wolf Cola 24 some shit you know <laughs> like, but like it's crazy because on all the lyrics for Hamilton they've been provided by verified user Lin-Manuel Miranda like he made sure that he was like if you're gonna put the lyrics out there I'll give you the actual lyrics and like a lot of things I've seen in him describing the inaccuracies and stuff he was like good I want you to point out the inaccuracies. I want teachers to point out the inaccuracies. I want them to know the difference between like entertainment and whatnot, but I want kids to learn from that even that, you know, a lot of history is going to have inaccuracies and you're going to learn so much. Like it's crazy. We don't even know what year Alexander Hamilton was born. Nobody really even knows. Like he went around saying it was like this year, but people are like, nah, because you were this age and this time, so you were actually born like 1755. Yeah, it's a three-year difference. Yeah, two years or something like that, just so that he would make himself seem like younger than he actually was. It's a tradition that carries on today with our Caribbean athletes, by the way. Oh, totally. (laughs) A lot of people coming from St. Kitts are lying about their age. Let me tell you, Tim Duncan's really fifty. That's all I know. Tim Duncan is really fifty years old. Um, but yeah, there is that, you know, the learning aspect, like, you know, you talk about the Federalist Papers in it, like, how many people have heard of those, you know? Some of us were forced to read them. They were yeah. at ASU. My wife, yeah, my wife reads those for fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, the, it's the command piece of the, of the oh, United States. There's a, there's a, there's yeah. a very weird, ASU actually has uh, this this uh, political thought school that's being funded by the Koch brothers. And that's counterintuitive. Yeah. It's, it no, it's time. not. They're doing a lot it's of good a, work. Oh, go but, but, they, but they have a shitload of money and they bought like an original copy of the Federalist Dr. Papers. Dr. Donald Critchlow is, is a very thoughtful person. And uh, if he's ever listening to this podcast... He's not listening to this podcast. And I, I, I'll send I, it. No, nobody who's a doctor yeah. is listening to us. Yeah. There's a couple. Um, you sure? But no, they're doing a lot of good work, but it's about that being, you're talking about tapping back into history. Yeah, and, and I, I'm more talking about making it, you know, more on the conscience of people. Like, a lot of people may have read about it in their textbooks in high school and stuff and forgotten about that stuff, that, that it's even a thing, and this is bringing it back into conversation. And there was two, remember, in the show he talks about two different types or three different types of pamphleteering. First time, uh, Eliza talks about, or they talk about uh, Thomas Paine, which is the fact that that was the first big pamphleteer yeah. that in the United States, to get your word out, you, you, you took a hold of the fact that the Gutenberg Press was available. You made these small pieces, these speeches, and since you couldn't go everywhere to give them, you, you pamphleteered them all the way out. Then the Federalist Papers happened, and that blew people's minds. That there was, wait, there was a door for us to be free. We could just pitch this tea in the ocean and we're going to go do this shit, right? 
And then uh, in the end, he writes the Reynolds papers because <laughs> he doesn't want anyone to catch it or he doesn't want anyone to have anything over him. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, I banged this chick. Her husband knew, I paid he, him off. It might have been the first sex tape. Like it might have been. In a way. In a way. Or at least he, the first he's the confession. First, he's the first Kardashian. Yeah. I mean, no, like. He's, he's, he's the first person to come out and be like, I I, I, I did in, have sexual relations with In perspective, the, the reaction publicly was probably along the same lines as sex yeah. tapes today. Like, yeah. Whoa! Just Actually, the, the reaction now when we, we learn about that kind of stuff is pretty. It's like, it's like yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, so yeah. sex tapes yeah. like the you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> right. We don't care. Well, Prime star this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, like one thing I, I found interesting though is when it sheds a light on this stuff. Again, it relates back to current day politics and the way that people will bury each other. Or that nothing has changed. Fight. Nothing's changed. <laughs> and like it even, you know, you're like, wow, Thomas Jefferson, you're kind of a dick too. Like, yeah, wow. You didn't the, the, the read about happens, all the backroom deals that oh. go on. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah, don't, don't, we don't, talk, I don't talk about that on this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got some proximity to power over here. <laughs> proximity assistant to the power. Happened. Executive assistant to the, to the deputy district field director. Anyway. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. One of the, it's a bigger uh, deal than it sounds. Well, one of the things that, we, that I think if you're going to study Hamilton, study Thomas Jefferson. Oh, for sure. Study the fact that there's a lot of jokes in Hamilton making fun of the fact that Thomas Jefferson was this amazing thought leader, but he's like, ah, screw it, I'm going to go to France for a little bit. I'll, you guys have fun. And he was just an amazing character. If I was going to do a new, another show, I would do it around Thomas Jefferson. In France, back from France, messing around. There's an entire, there's an entire set. Oh, we're on. Of, um, I think it's a, a set of diaries plus the movie that was made uh, by Thomas Jefferson about his time in France. And that line about him getting high in France was not that far off. He well, was having fun. He was enjoying people. And that's why he was so tight and wanted, them, wanted to help them during well, the revolution because he felt culturally connected to them. And isn't it, it's, I feel like it's, there's a, like a, at the top of the Eiffel Tower, there is him and so, it's a, like a statue of him and somebody else, and I can't remember. Oh, he's highly regarded across France, yeah, especially but, in Paris. And I'm trying to remember, and I'm pretty sure it was Thomas Jefferson that's in there in this like model like statue at the top of the Eiffel Tower or, or at the mid deck. The dude was a thinker, yeah. a philosopher, and a ladies' man, and he basked in all three lights. But I think it's going to be hard as hell to do another. Founding Fathers musical and have anybody take it seriously. Yeah. When you when you when you cut the diamond this perfect, they just set it up in a museum and they let it they let it shine. No, you're absolutely right. I mean I'm I'm one of those people that constantly would accuse anything that came close to this of being a, a copycat. What? Which which makes it hard for Lynn Manuel Miranda to come with his next thing because this was like he poured his heart and soul he into this. He already did, he had Moana. Well, yeah, no, it was, it was, that, was, that was concurrent. That was a yeah. simultaneous. Like he, he was doing that at the same time. He was, I think, he was flying to. He was performing. Flying to Hawaii yeah. to to. Yeah. Um, well, and, and Moana is just completely different. So that does give me hope that he's you know able to do different things. But if you come with anything that's like historical hip hop again, it's gonna instantly be. Put on blast. Well, I think so it's yeah. going to be the horror hip hop musical that comes next is going to be under a lot of scrutiny yeah, right. to do anything. To, I mean, like, who wants to follow that? 
Nobody. Well, SpongeBob SquarePants is the Sponge answer. SpongeBob SquarePants is going to lead us into the next area. Oh my era. god! I hope he comes out with a whole tribute to the Wu Tang Clan and like I'm Common's early work. Sad that you guys haven't brought up. There was a Spider-Man musical. Oh god! And died. Almost died. died a horrible yeah. death, and people <laughs> almost died did anybody, doing it. Did anybody see? I mean, it feels like it was never even real. Like, they, like it got off the ground at some point, right? Bono wrote the music. Yeah. For it. And, it got and, off the ground, but the web snapped and it fell back. Oh, oh. dude! Didn't, a, I think that there's a South Park. Outside. There's a but South Park I episode. The guy I heard, but that was like a like kind of a Gwen Stacy. Uh. No, I don't think. No, he was just stuck, wasn't he? Oh, I, I don't know. There was one where the poor kid playing uh, Spider-Man hung upside down for like 30, 40 minutes because they couldn't get the crank to pull it back down. Uh, some people were pretty badly injured, I think, yeah. in the production of that show. Like, every time I heard something about it, it was a disaster. It was always bad. Yeah, it was not good. You know who does one next? The guys from Jackass. Because oh. uh, they'd be willing to do no. shit on stage and nobody else could do no. it. No. They did a, they, there was an off-Broadway Evil Dead musical that I went, we drove <laughs> up to Toronto when we were living in Michigan and saw it. I saw it with, uh, with Adam Hess, actually. I'd it, watch that. It was fucking great. That's awesome. It was, they just splattered blood all over the audience. It was like a Gallagher show. <laughs> I, f- I figure it's still going to be a combination of them incorporating something that's already existed and then something new. Uh, I think Broadway is braver about coming up with new stories and trying to do stuff, whereas Hollywood is just completely fallen on the remake in some way, shape, or form. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Broadway do something like that. Well, the new know. hotness on Broadway right now is Dear Evan Hansen, uh, which got the Tony for Best Musical. It deals with a boy who's getting hurt, uh, breaks his arm, and then it's, it deals with like you know the possibility and thoughts of suicide. Uh, plus, I know Groundhog Day is out there, and uh, it's based on the movie, and it's doing fantastic. It's actually based on the Bill Murray movie. Oh, yeah. God. Oh That's my awesome. God! I was the please tell me Bill Murray shows up no, every now and then. I don't think he's in it. But the music, the music is fantastic. It's really well written. Uh, very kind of quasi Sondheim. Yeah. Um, but I think you're gonna see you're gonna see Broadway take a breath. <sighs> I didn't know that existed. What? The Groundhog Day. Look that shit so up. So I believe you. I'm just wondering when I can get tickets it's for it. It's just really good. It's a, it's it's fun. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the hot stuff right now is people going back and rehashing some things, some old stuff with new actors. Uh, there's the the one that Josh Groban just did about the, with the great comic, which is the Dostoevsky piece. It's like, it's like one page out of one piece, and they made an entire musical out of it. So you're going to see a breath being taken by Broadway right now because... I mean, basically, the, the the Shakespeare threw down on this one. Yeah, like you can't. I mean, you're going to have to really come correct to get this kind of heat. Well, I think the other thing too is is that a lot of shows would be smart to strike while the iron's hot and and at least put shows out there while the interest level in Broadway shows is high. You know what I mean? I think I think that's one thing about Hamilton is it gets people saying like, yeah, I'd see some more musicals. I mean, I even started taking a look at the ASU Gamage like musical like the the, the season Schedule, ticket. Yeah. You know, Cause they have a season ticket that's really cheap. It, it didn't include Hamilton, and it was about the cost of a single Hamilton ticket for all the other shows that are damaged the rest of the year but I mean you know if I liked Hamilton that much I'd, I'd go see other stuff I'd go see Little Shop of Horrors I'd go see other things that they're going to have there the color purple is coming up I'm yeah sure. right you know what I mean so it's like that. that's the that's the thing is is that they do pique my interest when they bring these movies from the 80s or the 90s to the stage or they bring you know somebody who I appreciate and uh, respect their other I work got it. doing something like this Trump the musical oh god no oh no no <laughs> 
Only if it's a good thing. My Myers already did that. It was called Goldmember. Oh. Ah. Ooh. I will say there's a great Showtime show that completely parodies <laughs> Trump. It's a cartoon. I have no idea what it's called, but check it's it out. It's called Our it's Cartoon President. I haven't watched it is yet. It? Oh, it looked amazing. I have cast for Trump. They only come on. They do like one song and they get fired. They're gone. And then they a resign. whole new cast comes out. <laughs> the whole new cast comes out. Mulder just keeps coming out and pulling him back. <laughs> With a hook. Whoosh. <laughs> so you have, Gosh. by the end, you just have a guy all by himself. He's trying to... Nobody will work for him. Nobody will do anything for him. Well, I mean, again, it's my chance. <laughs> um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone had that um, that show the, um, about Bush, yeah. right? Oh, you know uh, I mean? that's so Bush. That's, that's so Bush. That's, right? that's my Bush. That's, that's my, my Bush. Yeah. That's my that was really good. Right. I mean, I mean, that's. Uh, was, well, what was the other one? It was sixteen hundred pen, which was just the whole parody. Um, did they have like the neighbor next door used to walk in the side? Yes. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the whole 80s sitcom. That's awesome. Oh, it was great. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I think for me personally, there's something that I love about a show like this that, that piques your interest in something like, like musicals. I mean, I have been listening to the songs for this all day. And the songs are so amazing. Like the songs for this are show. Are you satisfied? Oh, I'm completely satisfied. <laughs> never, never satisfied. satisfied. Never, never satisfied. satisfied. But I mean, there's a complete like appreciation for the actual music in this that I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said earlier, the, the other thing I can compare it to is when I came home and listened to the music from Book of Mormon. I came home and listened to it and was like, yeah, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. I've had enough. You know? Really? No, 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 no. Not for this. Not for Hamilton. No, I've been like I was listening to it in my car on my way. Can over we here. insert right here in the podcast the link in the music for the polka, the Weird Al Yankovic? Oh, yeah, 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 I think yeah, we're it will be. It yeah, has to be, be out there, we're, right there. Uh, and that, like we're, we're recording this on the day that, that the it's what's the it's February thirtieth. It's the day that uh, February thirtieth. Uh, yeah, Weird Al is dropping this on February thirtieth. <laughs> Well, nice. the, the, one of the better pieces that goes with that is the reaction video of Jimmy Fallon and Lin-Manuel listening to Weird yeah. Al's Hamilton Polka. And like at heart, after all these accolades and everything he's accomplished, Lin-Manuel Miranda is just a huge nerd at heart. And it's amazing to see him geek out about yeah, Weird Al. Oh, he's he being des- parodied by yeah, Weird Al. Yeah, That's- when he described the phone call that yeah. he got, it was pretty great. Like, I mean, again, it's... It's something that I appreciate when someone that's grown to the height of success that he has, that he's still just such a normal person at heart. And you can see that when he reacts the way he did to like, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, come on. Coolio fucking ruined this whole thing when it came to parody music because he had to react the way he did to Weird Al. Like, Weird Al is, is so, has come such a far way where people now just find it to be this huge honor that he does something to parody their songs, you know? Wait, did Coolio have an issue? Oh, God, yes. With oh, the, yeah. With the gangster. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a big deal. The now, Amish, time, the Amish oh, Paradise. Over song. time, he, he saw him doing it. I think he actually showed up with Weird Al yeah, at one point. But oh, it, when it first, when it first yes. happened, he's like, Coolio, like, it probably ruined his career. Like, it yeah. ended it because Weird Al did Amish Paradise. And well, Coolio got... Yeah, it was also at the end of his career of just beating up songs. But, but. but he was pissed because, well, I, he, I think he just took the song really seriously and he he just didn't like, you know, that treatment. Sure. He, he didn't, I don't think he really got Weird Al, what Weird Al was doing. Right. But that that's the thing with Lin-Manuel is like, you, you mentioned the Weird Al thing. I remember it was some point last year, like he showed up with a bunch of members of his cast to Monday Night Raw. 
And like when when he was like just showing up at like pro wrestling and stuff and having a great time, I'm like, all right, like this this guy's like down to earth yeah. and like you could you could tell. So right. I, I yeah, like you. And see they weren't him. part of the show; they were actually in the crowd. Just no, watching. they were just in the crowd. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you, you see him interacting on Twitter where people are like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Miranda follows me! I can't believe this!" And he's like. <laughs> I respect you. Like, why are you saying this yeah. about yeah, yeah. me? Right. Like, he, he's just like so humble. Like, That's a weird thing, though, especially when you're someone that appreciates entertainment and a lot of art. You know, you have a lot of f- people you're a fan of, and then all of a sudden you become big literally over the course of a year or two. And next thing you know, people are treating you like that. And you're like, dude, wait, what? Come on. Totally. I've been watching your movies since I was a kid. That you can't become famous in a vacuum anymore. Right. Like, I think it was, you, you were a little more removed from things. You didn't have to be a, a, a geek about everything, mm-hmm. you know, a couple generations ago. Yeah, I don't know, though. I just, I going back to the Weird Al Yankovic club, I, I love the fact that um, I saw him perform one of his, like, polka, uh, you know, medleys. Polka your eyes. In, in like, li- yeah, like, like, actually see him perform it. Yeah. And I gained such a huge respect for him doing that, right? To see him perform a 10-minute song was amazing. And then he came out with a couple that I was just a huge fan of up to now. Yeah. And, uh, like, now that's what I call polka. That's one of my favorites. Yes. But uh, this song is so amazing to listen to because it really is just a, a medley of songs from this show but he really encapsulates in a way the entire show like it's it's literally like a condensed version of the show it goes in yep. order and everything yep. you know but there's like like there were songs I forgot about until I listened to his medley and I was like oh yeah what was that one that's I like that one you know and I went back and found it and stuff like it's it's really great that this show really has become such a, a pop culture phenom. Totally. Yeah. And just how accessible it's become to everybody. That, that's, the, that's the other part about it. Is, you know, not going to the actual show, but like the hip-hop aspect, the talking about it, the community aspect of it at this point where everybody knows about it. Everybody's into it. It's like, oh, you guys go see Hamilton? That's so crazy. Like, you know, it's, I love that they make us put all of our phones away. I loved that. I just think it's a theater thing. Well, no, I know, but I mean, I still <laughs> have seen it in shows. It wasn't yeah. a theater thing when I went to go see um, uh, Book of Mormon. Oh, there were there were people with their phones out all over what? the place. Oh yeah, God, that, yes. that, that, that's frowned upon. There that was, was a dude yeah. straight up just recording the performance next to me, the right? Fuck? Right. Wow. So uh, yeah, sure, it might just be a theater thing, but oh. in this case, it sounded like they enforced it a little bit more because it was Hamilton. But yeah, no, I also noticed maybe because it's Hamilton that it was just a general everybody following the rule. Like I didn't see yeah. one phone in front of me, and it was a really nice thing to have that focus on the show versus yeah. worrying about some guy three rows in front of you taking pictures, you know? But you're talking yeah. about the accessibility of Hamilton and I've I've seen like um, uh, my, my son is like, he was like five years old at the time and we went over to his friend's house. This kid's brother who was maybe 10 is is like actually like listening to Hamilton on headphones and trying to drum along with the music <laughs> and it was it was just amazing to see like a kid, a kid that young get so into something like Hamilton yeah. and uh, I, not only do we have this broad appeal but, but we talked about also the exclusivity of theater and so uh, Hamilton is you know it, the accessibility is constantly butting up against yeah. you know what what used to be such an exclusive medium that I, I really think it's bringing people in but, and that and, and the exclusivity I think is why we're, we always have to have this conversation about musical theater when something like this comes along and there's 
to that, there's the YouTube aspect of this. This one, all the songs oh. spread on YouTube a lot, and then the cast got put everywhere. They were they were all over TV on all the different things, whether it be you know SNL, the late night talk shows, referenced everywhere. People talking about it, you know, them showing up. It was. I don't think we've seen that for a music music theater for anything else where it's been so spread out over the different media forms. Well, and the, and the actors being Broadway musical actors became household names. Yeah. And that's what was really surprising. That doesn't that doesn't happen. You're right. No. So one one other uh, topic that I wouldn't mind bringing up. Uh, we, we've talked about a lot of the themes of the sh- of the the show itself, but uh, one that really meant something to me was like you know a big part of this was a love song to the city of New York too, like just straight up in some of the lyrics. But like I don't know, I I've never lived in New York. I've only visited a handful of times, but every time I go there, there's you know you know there's you know dirty streets and whatever, but there's still like a certain magic there. Yeah. And I, I dated somebody who was from New York, and she was pursuing Broadway and never really went anywhere. But like, you know, just like having a connection to that, you know that 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 whole dream and you know all that stuff like I don't know. There's something about that city, and it kind of taking you all the way back in a historical perspective of where it came and like you know the it playing into very very hugely you know the the whole battle with with england and all that like i don't know i it it really meant something i i thought no i thought so too and i also thought metaphorically it also meant something towards hip-hop too because new york is such a big part of hip-hop you know it was such a birthplace of hip-hop it was so it's so important such a key but yeah, it, it was kind of like where the two themes between the historical element and the musical element kind of came to like, you know, a, a nexus. And it, it even made a point that, you know, Hamilton tried, you know, the, the compromise was that Hamilton would say, OK, you can put, you know, the capital in the South. Yeah. He's like, the power's always going to be in New York. It's going to be Wall Street. Mm-hmm. The finance is here. Mm-hmm. And know. that was the deal that was cut. Yeah. The banks were going to be moved yeah. to the center. Yeah. New York didn't have the banks right away. The, but Fed, he, but he the Fed was there by holding on to the money. They were going to have so either they were yeah. going to have the seat of power, or they were going to have the other seat of power, which is money. And, and, but that, but that's the thing, you know. It was how much because the, the compromise was I don't want both in New York. Sure, you you can. And, and the fact that they were smart enough not to put both in New York was really a, a keen move when it came to policy. Sure. Yeah. And if we want to start talking policy, we will start going nuts on this shit. Yeah, because yeah. We're not going to let you go on that. Schleich, no, Schleich makes this huge. This is a really great thing. If anyone is out there, if any of you guys ever taken the like the trip to the Statue of Liberty? Oh yeah. 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 yeah you know, it's you're on that I've... boat and you walk there. Well, you listen to the, this music and you'll realize that where you get on the boat to go to the Statue of Liberty from the New York side, not the New Jersey side, no one cares about the New Jersey yeah. side. Nobody cares about um, Nobody. And Everything's legal in New Jersey. And that's exactly, and that's you see it from the side where they're at, is that um, that's Battery Park. That is not just a beautiful place to go take a walk. Yes. It is a huge area with gigantic cannons because that, that harbor that you're going across, across the bay, was literally filled with people just blowing each other away on boat to boat trying to to make the, the United or to make the colonies succumb to their power. And uh, I love that. And it's so funny. That's the part that made me laugh so hard during the, the King's speech. Is when it sounds like that little bit of BDSM. Like, you remind us of Goo. You remind us of, like, 
you should have just been a, you should have just been a good little girl and listen to me and <laughs> and that's it like, like screw you asshole yeah, right. uh, but there's a lot I mean there's a lot of fun there's a lot of excitement but I mean you really have to take a step back and when you see me working you can be there you're like shit a lot of people died here yeah uh, fighting straight to street like urban warfare with muskets for us to get what we wanted people always think Boston because of the, the of the, the independence of there the, yep. you have independence hall excuse me in Philadelphia Philadelphia oh, have, yeah everything happened like further down as far as things went down all the way to Georgia but a lot happened a lot of people sacrificed their lives there and I think hopefully my, my hope is that and everyone takes away from this is that it took a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I, and I, I emphasize blood, for us to get to the point where uh, we can screw around on a Friday night uh, and podcast and drink and have a good time and talk to each other and enjoy each other's company because a lot of things people were able to go beyond themselves to see something greater than themselves uh, and to do it. And yeah. I hope that's the history lesson. Well, it's fascinating to me. I think that's the thing is, is that this form of entertainment is actually dedicated to telling us this story about this person that was so important historically for us, for us as a country. Um, and yeah, there's, there's times where I look at some of the stuff and I'm like, mm, you were like the father of credit and I don't like that so much. <laughs> Then again, I wouldn't get to go to WrestleMania with my friends every year if it wasn't for you. So God bless you, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. Well, you, you but, but that brings up a good point about the history and, and the teaching side of it. You know, there's very few things that become this level of cultural phenomenon that teach something that happened in the past. It's history. Yeah. You know, the one, you know, in my mind that I'm thinking of is the biggest last thing that was that was probably Saving Private Ryan. And the sacrifices at D-Day and all that. that. That's probably the last time there was something that was, that tried to be, you know, decently historically accurate. They've definitely all been films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I would say that something like this, a live play, is probably, you know, the, or this is probably the most informative thing that appealed to your sense of entertainment that you could pay attention to it and enjoy it as much, but also take such an educational teaching away from it. Teachers are using it in classes now to, A, because for kids, you know, you got rap and hip hop, it's more approachable to them. They, they, they connect with that different, they'll listen. Oh, kids are amazing. Yeah, You've seen them, they do all the dances and stuff, they know all of it. They're, yeah. they're dope. Yeah. So, Did you say dope? They're dope. Kids are dope. I saw this video of them dancing. They were doing moves that I've all, I'm like, I don't even know what that move is. But some the like, if I tried that, I'd get hurt. Yeah, no, it's old. <laughs> it's like, called a whipping and naming. They had a contest where like local kids could film themselves interpreting the songs from Hamilton, and the winners got to go to the show, and they got like, a special performance. <laughs> it's amazing. So some, some of the tickets I sold may or may not have oh, been to Jerry, a teacher who... Uh, oh, yeah, students. I wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, but don't you think right now that we need a, a, a lesson in Americanism? Yes. Come on, just yeah, a little yeah, piece yeah. for us to remember. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, what made us a country, what we're about. Like, it gets so lost, especially when it comes to just the concept of what, why this nation was created. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you have all this, di like, I don't know, it's just, it's just so crazy to me that we were just always intended to be a melting pot, a, a mutt, a, a, a place that everybody was welcomed in a way that didn't want to, you know, endure injustice or, or tyranny. And now we're tyrants, you know, like that's, that's the thing that sometimes just boggles my mind. Yeah, and the other part of it, you know, it talks about, you know, how hard it was with the constitution and getting people to buy in and how, you know, 
even admit there, there, it wasn't perfect. We'll, we'll make amendments. You know, having to do the Federalist Papers to sell people on it. Like, and the, there was disagreements on how things were going to be done. Even then, you know, we, we debate it now, the Constitution now. They were debating it when they were implementing it. So th- th- there's a lot there, too. I, I was... Okay, so the, the big disclosure piece is that I, I'm, I work in politics. That's but, not a big disclosure. We've kind of have, we, have we talked about that before? We may have. I okay, so I'm a politician. And watching the separation of the Southern Democratic Republicans was probably my favorite part of any of the, the songs. I was like, yeah! They're going to power! Two parties! What the fucking do it! <laughs> Wasn't that the only time that they cursed in the whole play, too? Did they no, say they, they, no because they talk, they, they say there's they more. Okay. They, yeah. they, they drop it here and there. Yeah. They kind of whisper, but really, that's the point when Thomas Jefferson's like, ah! I done with these people. Yeah, right. I work in politics, and then happens to be like once a week. I'm like, screw this, I'm done. Yeah. But that kind of, I love that that jump and that sound. Just like, oh man, I almost come out of my seat. My wife was holding my elbow. Like, Settle down. <laughs> I love that because I'm like, yeah. It's every night for her. Shoulder boy. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what. I don't know, that's where the the there's still passion. Because even today, when I when there's a, in our two party system split by four other parties that are trying to work their way up, we still have the same exact problems. So the the if you I'll take you down to the Capitol someday and, and you can just sit and listen to people screaming at each other. No, because I'll go absolutely insane. <laughs> It'll be like Hamilton, but not nearly as lyrical. The, the musical the musical background won't be as great. Yeah. Yeah. If I can do it with a big bottle of alcohol, that way. The scenery won't change either. So that's yeah. that's another similarity. Are there be hot dancers? No, none of those either. What the fuck's the point? Yeah, no. yeah, we're not, we're not doing this. Not anymore. Not with the Me Too movement. Uh, that's all done. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a whole new state uh, in yeah. DC. I don't, I don't know how we go on <laughs> yeah. from this point. Just wrap up the podcast. No, before we do though, setting aside like all the stuff about Hamilton we've talked about so far, there's there's still this very emotional story underneath. We've got these two parallel love stories that are crazy powerful, and uh, and that's I I think the the core of of what makes us relate to these characters is um, is Burr and Hamilton and how they how they grow and how they develop because every I mean everything else we've talked about up to this point is almost just like the setting for the, the story of these two guys. Well, I see how Lin-Manuel Miranda was so fascinated by it because their lives are so entwined, you know, from their first meeting through all the things that they did through all the times they bumped into each other. It's like that dude that you nug like, at work that you keep getting put on projects with. And you're like, God, how is it that I'm working with this guy again? I hate this guy. Like, so what that's happens what every time Sp- Sprung comes on this podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Exactly. And it's what's even it's, it goes deeper even than what they show us on stage. Right. Like right. It, that's just an example. Shit like uh, like uh, Mariah Reynolds eventually sues for divorce and Burr was her lawyer. Oh, what a oh, that's, <laughs> so you read you read the, the whole piece then? Uh, no, it just came up in the trivia app that I mentioned. Oh earlier. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a big one. I was like, oh crap, you read it. Yeah, yeah there's more. I, you, I need. I want to read. It now, I, I think you, you you almost you can't see the musical without wanting to learn more. There's, right. uh, without a doubt. If you're but, a big fan of finance in America, you have to understand what what came down to the final rule. Uh, there are there are banks operating in America, J.P. Morgan, Chase, that are around because of that duel. And because crazy. of uh, Chase Manhattan, Man, uh, Manhattan Bank, Manhattan Manufacturing and Agriculture, and water rights that all came together at one time. They probably just were done with each other. You know, I'm just going to shoot you. Uh, but even afterwards, if you read some of the stuff, that Burr was—he oh, was like super regretful, 
And I think he tried to put that in the song in the end where he's yeah. like, hey, he had his glasses on. Uh, I wasn't even a good shot. Uh, he was tinkering with his gun. He told he was totally ready to kill me. Like that whole that, that like and there's that's actually a piece of taken from other stuff he said later because he was kind of a pariah after that and he had to continue on with his life. Yeah. Well, there's and one the thing gun, that we got the from history were, lesson. The guns they used at the duel were the same ones his son used at his duel or something right. like that. They were family dueling pistols. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because I read about his son's duel and you know how his son was supposed to take that act of 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 whatever where he where he doesn't shoot at him right. Yeah. He uh, apparently the other guy, even though they didn't address this necessarily in Hamilton, the other guy took the exact same thing. So apparently they just stood there for like over a minute, just staring at each other with guns drawn when it was time to shoot at each other. And then when eventually the guy was just like, "Man, all right, I'll shoot you now," and then just shot his son and killed oh. him. But like they both just sat there, both were intending to do the same thing, like show that act of valor and not actually like shoot the other person. And then when they just stood there like with guns drawn, they didn't know what to do just staring at each other and the guy was just eventually like all right well i guess i'll shoot you know like it's crazy though like uh, some of the stuff with the dueling too it kind of reminds me of aaron of aaron burr being his life it's like there's always these consistent like themes that are weaved within his life and it just makes it all so much more fascinating that that's how his life ended you know by this guy that was always around in his life in some way and by a duel that took his son's life, you know. And then never being satisfied is like, you know, always writing, always working. The love, never enough, you know, with his wife, it was. Well, okay, like your mom dies, you move in with your cousin who commits suicide immediately, and then you're on your own at 14. How does a bastard orphan? I'm not singing the song. I'm just saying, (laughs) though, like really when you wrap your mind around it, like it's kind of crazy. And so like to think about him never really having... I don't know, like an adult to slow him down or to tell him, you know, that he's this or he's that, you know, like that, that kind of like I, I shaped there was his nobody spirit. to regulate or focus his energies. Right, 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 exactly. Or nobody to tell him that you can't do that because you're too young or you can't do that because of whatever reason. Was he can't just... the flute close to the sun? <sighs> I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, related to this, so we, we, we talk about his death, and I, I think we would be dropping the ball if we didn't at least talk a little bit about his wife and, like, how how pivotal a character she became and, like, how the, the whole story of, like, the end where they, they're, they're singing who lives, who dies, who tells your story and how they're going to tell the story and how she, you know, almost was completely withdrawn, but then upon his death, like, just became, like, this amazing figure and yeah. did all these great things, like... I didn't even know any of that stuff. Well, like, she was literally the one who told his story. She was the one that went around right. interviewing yeah. soldiers and all right. sorts of crazy, like all sorts of investigative work to go to move his cause further. And she, she, I can't remember if she found her or she led one of the largest orphanages the in first, Europe, the, the first. first. The, the first yeah. one. And, and like that, that's still around today. Like that, that orphanage or the entity that that became is sure. still around. Well, and and she, it's, it's crazy because her story never got told, right? Yeah. Like she's like nobody tells her story. She, and she, 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 people tell her story. she lived a long life. She lived well, a long yeah. She yeah. looked like ninety something, ninety six. Fifty five more years after Hamilton died, I believe. I think you're referencing that she burned all of the papers and all of his love letters. Is that what you're getting to? And good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? Before we wrap up, I'd love to, to ask who has found themselves singing along during the show. I did. No, I, I during certain songs. 
Yeah. Just during the court, like I don't know, it was like it was like when a catchy song comes on the radio and you feel like you know it instantly, and it's like simple enough. It's not all of them, but it was like the, uh, you know, just a couple of them. You know, I showed amazing restraint by not singing, but I can definitely hear people all around me singing. Yeah, <laughs> see, I wasn't I was singing waiting, out loud. I was waiting for Mateo to start quietly. stand up and start belting. No, I did. As soon as the lights dropped, I was like. How does an orphan bastard? As soon as like Mindy goes, no, you're not gonna do that. I watched his wife grab him and just go, don't do it. I heard him say, stop. Dude, during rent, I sang along through the whole thing. She's like, Jesus Christ, during so I've done enough to her. So that's funny. They should have like a performance that's just like for sing along, where the audience can just sing along. The lyrics are up on a thing. You know, because they do like they do it with the Disney movies now. You can go see like the the sing along version of Frozen. For movies too, because you're no, there was, there was. I've been to sing along movies. They can do it for for musicals. I've been to, I've been to actually. That's funny you said that. I've been to a sing along uh, for Rent, uh, and one for Wicked actually, where the 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 cast is. It's afterwards. They're just in you know, like you no know, t-shirts and sweats and everything, and all in a circle sitting on the stage, just going through singing music. See, that's that's, awesome. that's, that's awesome. pretty awesome. That's cool. Uh, See, I'd, I'd pay a lot of money to do that for for Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I'd pay a lot of money to do that for Hamilton. I can imagine that after that show, you got to be just wrecked. Oh, and you just I get know, a break. Right? I, I couldn't, you know, that goes with how, how on point all of the performers were in that show. Like, I didn't hear anybody even, like, get off the beat for a half second, let alone, like, stumble over anything, how perfect they were. Because that's not easy to do. Moving around, rapping... Yeah, you know, remembering your cues, all that. Is, well, that, that, that is, stage, it seems like it could just knock you on your ass yeah, at any time. If, if you step on the wrong yeah. spot, yep. you're done. Yep. Yeah, you, you catch yourself between you know moving part and not moving part, counter rotating. Go to New York. Go see a show on, on Broadway. Any one of them. Just go to the TKTS in, in Times Square. Go pick up a, a show in the afternoon and go see a show. You're going to see some of the most amazing people you've ever seen perform in your entire life. Yeah, I saw Kinky Boots and I was drawn to tears. So, seriously. You cry easy. I, I'm a very emotional person. It's a part of being on stage for a long period of time. I get the emotional, uh, the, well, it's, it's also because I know how hard it is to work your ass off your entire life to get the one shot to get up on stage and get there and be there and have the light shine on you just once. Not and, 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 and it turns my heart. <laughs> what? I was going to do it too. I was going to start saying that. I'm not throwing away my shot. You know, maybe that's what the manual Miranda was really trying to say, that he felt, that's why he felt so close to Hamilton. Because he knew that he was just going to get, you get one shot, you either screw up and you become the, the person who's ended up on 32nd Street and you don't get a uh, show actually put on Broadway, you're on way, way, way off Broadway, or you, or you make it. And that's just the way it is. You're either going to be a star or you're going to be a waitress at, uh, you know, Katz's Deli slinging uh, pastrami. Which I guess is not all that bad. No, now I want some better pastrami. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> right right now. Now. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, look, at, look at LA. How many people are waitresses or, or waiters before they're before they're somebody? Right, and and like you'll have someone like Jenna Fisher from The Office tell you straight up, like, yeah, no, I don't have any great story about it. It was terrible. Like everything up until the office was pretty terrible for me, and I don't recommend it to anybody. Chris Pratt was living you in know. his van. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of these people do—the sacrifices they make. But I, I will say that it, there's a lot of parallels. I feel like between Hamilton and Lin Manuel Miranda, I think a lot of the stuff you said makes me realize that. I mean, you know, he's 
he's he's a similar type of cat and just he did right right, right just right, had to right. write had to work hard i mean we've talked about it a lot it's kind of been a consistent theme but i think the reason why it's a success is because he he did he he worked like he didn't have the time left to finish it and he put on such an amazing display of of so many different things uh and like for me as a fan it just it hit everything that I'm a fan of, you know, like I like historical pieces. I like historical dramas. I love hip hop. I love, you know, the little bits of comedy. I like the the drama of putting the real life stuff in there about his, you know, affairs and everything that went on. I love the way that they played it out, like the way that they played a scene and then reversed it and basically played it from a different person's perspective of that same night and how she was feeling, even though they just showed her introduce her sister to him and everything, you know, like things like that, that they did were very, very clever. And it just, it told these different stories all at once. But I just, I see a lot of parallels between Hamilton and and him. And I think that it's, it's fitting that he was so successful with this play. You're going to go see another musical in the future? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, this, I, I, I mean it when I say it's only, I'm, you I'm know, not talking about going to see Hamilton again. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will hundred percent go see another, another musical. And I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of fall into that category of, of watching just the more recent ones that have come out, but it's because I'm a person. I don't even go watch movies when they come out new. I'm like, I'll catch that on Blu-ray when it gets on Blu-ray, whatever. If you it's know, in a steelbook. If it's in a steelbook, steel collector's book. edition. It's got to have a three-day, three D copy. What though. you have I, to I worry about is that it'll come. To, it'll come out on, on Blu-ray later. For musicals, that means that they're going to be at a local high school. Right. <laughs> it's not going to be the same. Oh. The quality gets that's taken down every it's, every time it gets I've, I've, I've done community theater. It's not the same. Yeah. It's 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 twenty years later. So this is it. Is that in, in ten to fifteen years, the libretto is going to cost the, the rent on the libretto is going to be low enough that some uh, high school theater teachers be like, we're going to do Hamilton. Scott, you're going to play Hamilton in this one. <laughs> oh, no, I can't no. do it, sir. I don't do Scott? it. Scott? Scott's yeah, not going to be able to handle that. Yeah. Billy was the better person. Billy, Billy, just Billy, 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 Billy had that. Why didn't they fucking pick Billy? What the hell, man? You know what? Oh. We should go see a high school musical just to go see one. And I want oh, you guys to really see. Can yeah. we? Jesus, this is awful. <laughs> Let, let's, let's pick a really bad one, too. Grease. Oh, like, yes. Hey, oh, let's yes. Talk, let's <laughs> talk about Grease for a second. Hey, wait, Why Grease is done in high schools is a shame because the content of the musical is oh, freaking so awful. so terrible. <laughs> so inappropriate. Have you ever listened to the words of Grease Lightning? Yeah. yeah? You're going to make yeah, the girls yeah. cream? Are you going to make them scream for Grease Lightning? Oh, no, there's like a high school version of the lyrics. It's completely different. It's a, it's Is that a, what it's you a, did? It's a real dragon, dragon wagon. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dragon yeah, wagon. Yeah, what do the chicks do? They, they, yeah, they dream, dream. of Grease Lightning. Yeah, that's what they're dreaming. They're dreaming. Oh yeah, that's what the, that's really what the guy who wrote those words thought was thinking of. Oh, yeah. yep. That my show is going to be twenty five years from now. Some kids are going to be doing it in high school. That <laughs> fantastic. There was my entire art piece. I just want to know: Do they die at the end? Is that what happens at the end of Greece? Do they, they are they oh, dead? You know, there is okay. a thing about that, right? Yeah, that they're all yeah, going they, up into heaven. Yeah, that's that, the that's, thing. That's the end. All right, that's a whole other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we just went on yeah. another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, it's time. It's time to show you how to say goodbye. Oh, 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 there's a Hamilton lyric for literally everything. Oh man. Uh, 
Follow us all on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Tim Ogney. Uh, Jared is at Superjuice75. Matteo is at Matt underscore Morales. Uh, Derek is at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. And uh, all roads lead back to uh, The Steel Cage, where you can follow Schlag at The Steel Cage. Uh, We're online at unfunnynerdtangent.com. Uh, and also, of course, thesteelcage.com, where you can check out links to Amazon, WWE Network, WWE Shop, um, and also the Steel Cage Shop, where you can buy our amazing t-shirts, especially Mon Mothma. She is Mothma. the... Oh, God. Jeez, what is oh, wrong with you? said the actual yeah. name. Yeah, what is wrong with you? It's we so can't do that. It is Mon Milfma. Mon Milfma. I ordered mine today, didn't I? She's nothing about her. All right. Thank you. Technically? She's the commander-in-chief of the Did you get two of them and stitch them together so Fit? Is that what you're saying technically? <laughs> they fit. They, don't, they always fit. Yeah. We'll make it yeah. fit. You're, you're Taylor's apprentice. You can handle this. <laughs> um, don't forget to uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Helps us in the rankings. That's true. You can say whatever you want about Jared and we will read it on the podcast. Yeah, oh, I actually read his Don't. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're sprung, then you can't rate and review us. You have to. Yeah. No. No. No sprungs allowed. And if you can, please uh, tweet Lin Manuel Miranda with our our podcast so that he gets a chance to listen to it. Oh, we love you, man. Oh man, you're a national treasure. I would. Puerto Rico and the United States. I kind of hope he doesn't have time to do it, but at the same time, if he can find 15 seconds to tweet us back, I would really be. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If you can get Lin Manuel Miranda. To uh, retweet the, a link to the podcast, I'll send you a shirt. That sounds good. You have fair. to prove that it was you that did it, but I'll send you a shirt. You will get Mon Milk Club. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I want that <laughs> shirt. <laughs> We're just desperate for Twitter attention at this point. Uh, that does it for episode number 42 the answer to life, universe, and everything. And remember, kids, you are the worst, burr. No one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. No one really knows how the game is played, the art of the trade, how the sausage gets made. We just assume that it happens, but no one else is in the room where it happens. We're outgunned, what? outmanned, what? outnumbered, outplanned. Make an all-out stand And yo, I'm gonna need a right-hand man Hey! Hamilton, sir, he knows what to do In a trench, ingenuity, influence, and French I mean Hamilton, sir, you're gonna have to use him eventually What's he gonna do on the bench? I mean Hamilton, no one has more resilience Or matches my practical, tactical brilliance Hamilton, you wanna fight for your land back? Hamilton, I need my right-hand man back Hamilton, I'll get your right-hand man back Hamilton, you know you gotta get your right-hand man back Hamilton, I mean you gotta put some thought into the letter But the sooner the better to get your right-hand man back